Get out the insurance cards, get out the co-pays. The office is open, my friends. Brought to you by DrRoto.com. Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Pros with Joe's podcast. I'm your host, John Dansby, and with me tonight, as always, is my Iceman to my Maverick, co-founder of the league himself, Mr. Eric Romoff. Eric, what's new this week? Man, really excited about the show that we have on tap for everyone tonight. We will be joined by a very special guest a little bit later, uh, the very own Casey Kassam of the Fantasy Footballers. But taking a look at the the week that was in the Charity League, a lot of movement in the playoff standings, right? We spent a little time last week talking about the state of the state the uh, halfway point review for the league and immediately found a couple of teams improving their position in the playoff standing. So we saw Jeff Bell and Troy King comfortably win and slot into division leads uh, in their respective divisions for Jeff Bell uh, for the Saucy Nugs division. That does knock Jerry out of the division lead, but he remains in the playoffs by way of his massive point total he's got nearly 1450 points scored on the season yeah but on the other side with Troy King moving his way up to the top of his division that actually slots friend of the show Jim Coventry way down back to the middle of the back he was leading that division on record but now that he is no longer in that top spot he is down towards again that middle of the pack right around the 20th spot in the league with his 1283 points scored so a lot of movement. We're really going to see things continue to tighten up amongst the top of these divisions and these wildcard teams looking for at-large berths by way of points scored. And it's going to be a fun kind of stretch run as we get closer to the playoffs here. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. Uh, we've, we've got teams that are leading divisions, but by very thin margins. What it comes down to and what, what – I, I'm really anxious to see is is these point just juggernauts, these teams that are just throwing points out there. Their record might not be great, but you know you've got you've got teams like I mean Jay Felicio is in a wild card spot, but he's technically seated number one just solely on points. So like you've got these teams that are are just right there on the cusp of, you know, one, two or three in their division. And what it's going to come down to for a lot of those teams is, is just solely points. Uh, So I'm, I'm excited to see what, what, what new things week 11 holds and uh, just where this all shakes out. It's, you know, it, it, it's the exciting part of the season. Right. So, Um. I'm totally here for it, right? Like, we've all been on the wrong side of having a <laughs> high-scoring team that just yeah. always bumps into the highest-scoring team in the league that week. Um, so definitely happy to have those point totals playing uh, a big role in determining who makes it to the dance in the charity league this year. Absolutely, man. And, uh, you know, we – we can speculate all day, but I, I feel like we just need to, to roll right in. Cause like you said, we've got, got a big show. 
Um, a, a lot happened in the NFL this week, but then nothing happened in the NFL this week. Uh, I, I feel like we just need to do a, a quick fire and just kind of hit the bullet points of, of the bigger fantasy news this week in, in the NFL. Uh, first off, Cam Newton is back. Is he? <laughs> though uh i mean he he made the announcement and uh today it was announced that he was likely a starter for sunday so what like what are your thoughts on on that for cam newton back in carolina i mean first first and foremost like matt rule kick rocks you're not like outsmarting anyone pretending like PJ Walker might start in place of <laughs> Cam Newton. Like, just announce him as a starter and keep him yeah. moving. Um, for whatever reason, Cam is one of the more polarizing players across the landscape of the league. And I will confidently say that I think the NFL is a more fun product to watch when Cam Newton is back and is uh, screaming in front of the cameras at the end zone as he runs one in like to, yeah. to your question, to your prompt, you know, he's kind of back. It's probably the best way to put it. Like watching him try to get the edge on that rushing touchdown. Like he is very clearly lost a step. He's still yeah. incredibly strong. So he's got that going for him, but also like, as he admitted it in, in the post game press conference a week ago, like, he was sitting in his boxers eating Lucky Charms on Sunday like the rest of us. So probably a bit of conditioning work that can be done there. And maybe we'll see him get a little more juice and a little more spring in his step. But ultimately, I think it's a lot more fun. And on the fantasy side, like this offense seems to be clicking with him in there. Christian McCaffrey is now back and healthy. Like I think if if he can get his conditioning to where it needs to be, they can expand the playbook and his familiarity with it. I, I think he's very much so in that kind of back-end QB1, top of the QB2 range in the fantasy game. Wow. Going QB1 on that one. Back I, I 16-team. As mean, many qualifiers agreed. as I can throw out there. <laughs> agreed. I, I, think, I think the NFL is more fun with, it, with a Cam Newton in, in the works there. Uh, moving on, Chris Carson, Week 10 was projected to start he didn't and now we hear from the coach's mouth there is no timeline for chris carson to return what where do we where are we left with the seahawks backfield yeah unfortunately i I think it's it's really going to be a bit of a wait and see right um he was designated to return uh, leading up to the game last week, and seems like he maybe suffered a setback, or there was cause for uh, taking a bit more of a cautious line. But ultimately, it sounds like he is going to be heading into sort of Frankenstein neck surgery, akin to what we saw Peyton Manning go the through Peyton, towards the end yeah. of his career. Um, Manning. But Chris Carson is not going to be standing behind a clean pocket and delivering a football, right? Like if, if the, if this injury is even uh, remotely as serious as what Manning went through a few years back, I think it could very well mean 
the end of his career in the NFL, which is sad to see, right? He's one of those guys that um, has been, you know, uh, clinically underrated and never really seemed to have an opportunity to get a full step, a full head of steam, build any yeah. momentum in this league. And now his future's, you know, very much so in question to say the least. Yeah. And I, I, I can't second guess the, the doctors for, for the Seahawks. And, you know, I, I know everyone has only one neck and it, and it does a lot for us. Uh, so you, you really don't want to push that. Uh, if there's any question regarding the neck, err on the side of caution. Um, so I, I get that. I just don't get what we're going to see in the backfield from the Seahawks moving forward. I, I know we're getting Russell Wilson back, but, you know, he can't be the backfield. And, I, you know, it, it's, a, it's a sad thing to see him sitting out and missing these games. And, you know, a neck injury is, is a, a career killer for a running back. Um, but personally, and a little bit biased, I'm hoping for a, a return this year for Chris Carson. But it seems to me like the Seahawks are kind of playing it a little bit slower than than they 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 want to. I I think they want him back in, but the injury is so significant that that it's not worth risking his long term health. Yeah, that and I mean, look with the seventh playoff team in each conference, like technically just about every team is uh is in the mix for a playoff spot. But yeah, I mean, it seems from the outside looking in at least that the Seahawks are pretty close to packing it up this year, right? They're sitting at three and six. They yeah. just got embarrassed by uh, by a Packers team that looked to be a shell of itself. Um, and it seemingly they have some of the kind of disgruntledness that Russell Wilson expressed in the offseason kind of starting to rear its head a little bit. So all things that are, I'm sure, being weighed in the decision to, um, you know, whether or not to risk Chris, Chris Carson's, you know, long-term health and the use of his neck and maybe extremities um, while they're trying to figure out his, his ramp up back from this injury. Yeah. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how it plays out. Uh, Staying in the backfield though, and staying on the West coast, uh, Elijah Mitchell came out today that he is projected to play on Sunday. And this guy had finger surgery on Tuesday, what are, what are your thoughts on that? And like, how how are you not blown away that this guy, a running back, is going to be catching balls and taking handoffs, fresh out, literally fresh out of finger surgery? Yeah, it's it's wild. Um, to sort of your latter point. Um, based on how the Giants have utilized Eli Mitchell, we don't have to worry about him catching passes because they literally don't target him at all, right? That is the 
Jamichael Hasty slash Jeff Wilson slash anybody not named Eli Mitchell role. Um, but on the whole, like I think it's kind of absurd that they're even flirting with the idea of a Tuesday surgery to insert a pin into his broken finger yeah. and him potentially playing on Sunday. I also think it's super weird that like I haven't seen any reporting at least in terms of which finger it is. I would, yeah, like, they're... I would imagine that because they're thinking about bringing him back, like it's got to be a pinky, right? Like they're not it's... doing that with like a thumb or like one of like the main points of contact when you're grabbing. trying to secure the ball, right? Like the grabbing you're just have like a, a loose pinky kind of flopping <laughs> in the wind or something. Uh, but yeah, it's it's super odd. I can't think of uh, or recall another situation where a player was. Uh, legitimately looking at starting, you know, a couple of days removed from surgery. Yeah. And I mean, I get it. If you're, you know, if, if you're a, a, a tackle or a guard, something like that, put it in a boot, you can use it. This guy's handling the ball. And I, I don't know. And like you said, they haven't said what finger it is, if it's his dominant hand, whatever. Like, if he's grasping a ball and he's just had surgery, what doctor is signing off five days later for him to go into battle against 350-pound guys that are trying to, to get him on the ground? I, I, You know, medicine is fascinating. Not a medical doctor. Don't claim it. But the fact that he is... He's, uh, Ready to go on Sunday after you know four days post recovery blows my mind. Um, but it's, speaking it's of, and, and you know, considering that the 49ers are due to face off against Jacksonville, like <laughs> they won't need their full stable of horses yeah. to come away with a victory in that, <laughs> and yet they're they're still risking it with. Uh, what looks to be the better of their two rookie running backs who's got uh, a lame finger out there. So yet again, the NFL is leaving us scratching our heads with their (laughs) player and personnel decisions. I, I, I think the, uh, the 49ers uh, player of the game is going to be Trevor Lawrence in that, in that matchup, Um, you know, less running because of fumbles. So, We'll see. But speaking of quarterbacks that are coming back or waiting to come back, uh, Russell Wilson was a full participant on Wednesday for practice. Uh, Didn't have a great show in week 10. What do you see in week 11? Do we see the old Russell Wilson or do we see the aging out Russell Wilson? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if if this was necessarily an aging out consideration as much as it was like his first game back in more than a month after a, another finger injury and surgery on his dominant hand and his middle finger on his throwing hand. Right. Like I, I think it is, is a bit more of a rough situation, but you know, wherever you want to designate the blame, 
Um, ultimately, it was it was one of the worst performances we've seen uh, across the span of Russell Wilson's career. Um, yeah. And now he is uh, due to suit up and face off against a very stout defense, the third most difficult matchup for fantasy quarterbacks or fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks in the Arizona Cardinals in week 11. Yeah, and I mean, you you mentioned the Cardinals, um, and I feel like I have to mention, like it it seems like it's not the Cardinals team from week one or week one through six. <laughs> um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, having seen his finger injury. And and the recovery that that he's tried to 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 get through, it'll be interesting to see how he he matches up against that defense with that attacking defense, and you know how much he you know babies that hand and tries to to protect it, and how much the Cardinals defense goes after it. Um, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I you know Russell is an exciting quarterback to watch, and. An, like I love to to see him succeed, but we haven't seen that that same kind of performance that we've seen in in previous years. Um, so we'll we'll see how how that lines up. Um, moving on, let's go back to league league talk. We're again just past midseason. Uh, there was kind of like this week finally was a week in the NFL that we didn't have to talk about injuries and, and things like that. We're talking about people coming back rather than people going on to the IR. Uh, let's move into our third favorite segment of the show, the waiver wire. Um, it's been all quiet on the waiver wire recently and not much changed this week. We've seen the big injuries, the Bimageddon's past. Uh, so it looks like we're kind of positioning for the the final push of the season heading into the playoffs. And, you know, obviously defenses are getting dropped and all of that, that stuff. But what moves stuck out to you this week and and why? Like who who were our big purchasers who 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 stuck out in the waiver wire this week? Yeah, there there are a few spots that that sort of jumped off the the page for me, and and look like there's there's no two ways about it, right? Like we're here heading into week eleven, and uh, the, the meat that is left on the bone is uh, is sparse, right? So it's, it's looking what at you the got. pizza division, <laughs> um, there there was actually a tie for our big spenders therein, uh, Team Florio, Team Harris. Uh, both spent $30 to acquire a player. That was the high watermark for that conference in particular. For uh, for Bob Harris, he went out and acquired the services of Wayne Gallman. He is a Cordero Patterson owner, so uh, looking to hedge against uh, the uncertainty about his availability for their game on Thursday night. And Mike Florio went out and responded to a pretty solid game from DeAndre Carter last week, right? Wide receivers um, are a little bit hard to come by and to have a player that stepped in and returned to, in a return to his field 
pull in about 50 yards and a touchdown. Um, very much so someone that should be considered in these, you know, in these larger uh, league formats. The, uh, the other big spenders were actually both on the same player. Uh, John June planted his flag as the biggest spender on the week. He went out and spent a hundred bucks, 10% of his budget to acquire Donta Foreman. And Shane Hallam did the same, but it only cost him $51, which is a really heady play because it is also our closest call of the week. He acquired Dante Foreman for uh, for fifty one dollars. It was six dollars more than the bid that Scott Engel put in uh, here in in this waiver wire run. So, still some uh, some some pieces of interest and in, and in interesting guys to acquire for a bit of upside, maybe some late season depth. Um, but those the, those are the points where we saw the most money change hands for this week's waiver run. Yeah, and I. It... You you mentioned Team Harris and Team Florio, and I love those moves. If if nothing but speculation, uh, those are like what we talked about with the league. This where we're at in the league. Uh, these are two teams that are second and third in their division, but separated by one game, and they're positioning themselves to find that one player that might make that difference because what it comes down to, especially for those three teams in uh, the pizza conference, it comes down to you have to win your division. And those guys are separated by one game. So it's a big deal for those guys. And one waiver wire pickup might make the difference in their, in their futures moving into the playoff season. Um, so, yeah, I, I love it. But let's let's move on to to what you saw as a, a steal. Yeah, so there's, there's a pretty clear winner in terms of who got away with, uh, with the most here. There's also an honorable mention. The, the steal of the week is a pretty open and shut case. It's Cooter Doodle went out and added Tyler Conklin for $13. Wow. And tight ends are very hard to come by, especially when you look at the ones that are contributing. Um, he put up a Kyle Rudolph-esque line of three receptions for 11 yards and two touchdowns last week. And That's now all. he's potentially slotted right into her starting lineup for a little bit more than 1% of budget. So uh, very much so uh, a, a steal if, if there ever was one for uh, all for gas, no breaks on Tyler Conklin. That's that guy. Yeah. You talk about efficiency, 11 yards and two touchdowns. Come on. Three catches, two of them for a touchdown. I mean, um, <laughs> You know, uh, certainly there is a, a, a regression consideration to weigh there. But, you know, this this Vikings offense has used their tight end in this fashion for a long time. So uh, he's going to continue to get looks in the, the high value parts of the field. And I think it was I think it was a really savvy pickup. The uh, the other name, the other team, I should I should say, that was 
very efficient in how they spent their dollars was actually our guest here uh, coming on in a few minutes. That was the Capped Crusaders, uh, Casey Kassam and her co-manager, Michael, went out and acquired Jeff Wilson for just 41 bucks. So we'll have a chance to chat with her and, and pick her brain about kind of the state of her team overall here shortly. But, you know, we talked at the top about Eli Mitchell and his mysterious finger surgery and whether or not he'll be available for the 49ers this week. Even when he was available last week, we saw Jeff Wilson step in and not only get some carries, but very much so take over that third down kind of receiving back role in the San Francisco offense. And should Eli Mitchell be unavailable because of his finger surgery? And let's not get it twisted. He should be unavailable. He shouldn't be out there days removed from surgery. But that, again, is not our call to make. Let's say that that ultimately comes to pass. Jeff Wilson is going to step into the bell cow role in this offense, right? Trey Sermon is the only other physically available body in this running back room for the San Francisco 49ers. And at every pass, with every opportunity to give this man any role, any touches, Kyle Shanahan is doing the exact opposite. So really love what Casey was able to to do in terms of adding to her team here and looking forward to getting her thoughts on it and the overall state of her team as we chat with her. Casey, glad you could join us. Why don't you get us started with, with how you found out about Pros with Joes and uh, what, what charity it is you're supporting this year and, and why? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'm really not sure how I found out about it. I know Twitter, obviously. Um, <laughs> it just like showed up and now I'm like attached to it. So that's, uh, you know, <laughs> that's how I, that's uh, fair. I mean, you know, um, and what was the second half of the question? Sorry. I was just so, you know, excited about t- oh, no worries. how I uh, found it, which I don't know. The charity. Oh yeah, my charity, obviously. Yeah. The, the, the most important we part. We do the the pros with shows. <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. Yeah. It's, so it's Dallas Dogger. Uh, there's three hours in Dallas Dogger, and I always have to look up the order that they go in. But it's rescue, rehab, and reform, and it's a uh, it's a charity that they have um, animal loving volunteers, as it says on their website, as I'm reading right now. Um, but they go in and they rescue dogs and they get them healthy and they get a foster for them and then eventually get them adopted out. So um, it's a really important program for for me because I'm an animal lover. I've got three dogs myself. Um, And then the one dog that I have, that's a total uh, (laughs) a-hole. He he goes to dog training with one of the ladies who trains dogs that are in the Dallas Dogger program. So Uh it's pretty cool how that all tied in, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, uh, adopted a dog in the same fashion from a place here in Austin uh, and just love him. And I mean, honestly, I, I stand by it. It's better from the kennel than on paper. Uh, and so I, I always love the people that support those organizations because you you do, you get the best dogs mm-hmm. from rescue clinics and, and, and organizations. 100%. So yeah, it's, it's a really awesome, it's in the Dallas area and it's just, 
you know, there's a lot of dogs out, out there in Dallas that just run around, you know, and there's a lot of like really sad situations, but they, <laughs> they go out there and they, they get the, you know, get the job done, take care of these dogs and get them adopted out. So it's, it's super awesome. Yeah, for sure. And, and big time shout out to, to Dallas Dogger. Um, I've gotten to know and to work with a number of the organizations that we've supported in our two seasons. Um, and hands down, Dallas Dogger, probably the coolest people and just like generally the most supportive, right? Like mm -hmm. we, we work with a lot of like the huge charities out there and it's like a ton of bureaucracy and like everything's yeah. got to be approved and approved and approved. And, you know, they don't want you mentioning their name or whatever it might be. And Dallas Dogger is like randomly like retweeting out like our waiver report on Tuesday. It's like, <laughs> hey, we know them. Um, so they're they're a super cool bunch over there. Yeah, they are. Um, but even though the origin story might be still a bit murky, <laughs> um, at least at best, like most things in our lives, a yep. product of the algorithm, um, you are you are one of our OGs here. So um, being that you're in your second year and something that's uniquely uh, yours in your circumstance is you're actually paired up with the same partner two years in a row. You and Michael are running back. Um, so I'd love to know if there are any kind of funny stories that have come out of uh, you two working together, or just, um, you know, any memories that kind of stick out about your experience playing together. Yeah, it's really cool that Michael uh, ended up with me again this year. I didn't expect that to happen, um, but it's super dope because he's an awesome dude. Um, and as for like experiences with him and everything, he's just he is on his game. Like he will message me constantly about the league, which I'm all about and about our team, which I'm all about. Like, that's what this is all about. So just like every time I get on Twitter, it's like, I know that he's going to be like, Hey, pick my, you know, he's going to pick my brain about our lineup and stuff. So that's super, super dope. And um, it's funny. Every time we do the, uh, you know, we get on right when we're trying to draft and he's really dope at understanding that my internet sucks. <laughs> and uh, most of the time I end up missing most of like actually like being able to like talk to him in person because I'm over here trying to figure out what's going on and having to text him and everything. So it's always like chaotic, just like me at the beginning. And then, you know, Michael gets me grounded and, and we get it taken. You know, if I didn't have him, like my this team would probably be like hadn't won a game yet. So I, I give Michael <laughs> mad props. So it's a yin and yang. It is relationship. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he does all the work and then, no. <laughs> but you know, he's, he, it, it is, it's really awesome. And I don't think I would have ever like really gotten to experience having a conversation with him the way that we do and, and talk back and forth if it wasn't for this. So yeah. like, it's super dope. And I know that I'm not the only person who feels that way. There's other quote unquote pros of whatever. And uh, <laughs> there's other, I mean, you, us, feel free like, to call yourself that. I mean, I'm a professional BSer, but you know, other than that, yeah. What I what I remember most about uh, about Michael when we jumped on Zoom to do the draft uh, mm -hmm. last year in our first year, uh, he popped up with a Shit's Creek yes uh, he had virtual Schitt's background, <laughs> and like yep. that that was like one of those shows that like I pacified myself through the pandemic with. So yep. like immediately I was like, this guy, me and this guy are cool. Um, so it's it's awesome that you're running it back with him here in, in the second year. Yep. Uh, so uh, moving on, I guess, uh, 
let's let's talk a little bit about your team this year. Uh, we're we're right in the middle of the 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 season, and you know the the back part of your division is is where you're at. But uh, you've really surged lately. Let's. I mean, you're 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 close to a playoff spot. Uh, like, what what was your approach heading into the draft, and how are you adjusting as the season moves along and and you find your your footing in the league? Yeah. So the approach going into it, I'm not I'm the type of person that really doesn't have an approach when I go into leagues, except for <laughs> read the rules. Like that's the most yeah. important part, obviously. Um, Step one. Yeah. The the best part of doing the draft and and preparing for the draft is having somebody else to bounce ideas off of. If I didn't have a co manager, again, like I have already said, like I don't know, you know, it, it's 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 fun because like he'll say, you know. I think this guy is who we should draft and he'll give me the reasons why he thinks this is the guy. And you know what? Most of the time I'm like, yep, that's you're awesome. The brain. Thanks. Everything that you're giving me right Same. now is perfect. Right. Same page in. Yeah. So I'm like, this is, this is dope. And then we have a couple of guys that we're like talking about. Cause last year we like let go of guys and then they broke out or we did something like Justin Jefferson for us last year. Like I, there was a whole thing where it's like, Let's not get into that, but <laughs> but for this year, I mean, Maybe we've had. To... <laughs> no. I don't. I don't even know. I, Michael brings up stuff. I don't. I don't remember what I. You know, I don't remember what I had for breakfast because I don't eat breakfast. But also because I wouldn't remember it if I did eat breakfast. Um. So, but Michael. So, go, bouncing the ideas off of Michael. That's how we did it, and I think that worked awesomely. And then as we've gone through the season, obviously with things like COVID and injuries and everything else being thrown into the mix, we had Henry Ruggs on our team. I mean, there's, there's not much you can do about that situation. There's Still? Nothing... Do you? No. Okay. But we did <laughs> have say, him on our team. That's a good so, draw. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, we decided to hold on to him because we're going to try to win this thing with players that aren't even that are, you know, yeah, and, and yeah, in we're not gonna, we'll just be like, yeah, we can win it with like half a team, no big deal. But <laughs> so having to navigate, and then like you know, having like Jamison Crowder, where it's like you don't play him on the weeks he bounces, you know, has a breakout game, and then like the weeks that you do decide to start him, he sucks. And that's my been my dude from like day one. But you know, there's only so much you can do about like, your loyalty towards a guy, you know. Um, my so, Calvin Ridley. <laughs> exactly you know yeah. so i mean so you just gotta pivot you just gotta roll with the punches and um that's just my philosophy this year with my fantasy football leagues in general um a lot of years i get really stressed out about it and everything but i think the, the coolest thing about having a co-manager is you have somebody that can like talk you off a ledge if you're like trying to figure out you know you don't have to be the only person making those decisions you've got somebody else in your corner too so what's what's sure. kind of your uh, your strategy? Are are you more of a like draft and hold, or do you do you look for advantageous trades throughout the seasons? Well, I like to trade a lot, so like that's something that I'm trying to get better at and try to do more of. But right now, it's just I don't know. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> but in general, I like making trades. I like trying to build my team that way. And especially because I'm not the best drafter in the world. Now, redraft leagues and trading, I'm not really uh, 
person that even really attempts to do that because no. nobody really wants to trade with you anyway. And a lot exactly. of my redraft <laughs> leagues are people that are casual players anyway, so they don't really care to trade. Um, so, yeah, I mean, but if I'm in a league like the Trade Addicts League or something like that, obviously I'm going to trade <laughs> a lot. <laughs> I, I would assume, yeah. So, you know, um, so it just depends on the league and everything. But I, I really do enjoy doing trades. And, you know, I'm working over with the Dy uh, Dynasty Trade Calculator. And so, you know, that's also a, a nice little plug. But also, <laughs> you know, those, those are my homies. So I'm learning about these trades. Um and one day I'll get good at it, I'm sure. Sure. So one <laughs> one quick, just real quick, are, yeah. do you prefer dynasty leagues or or like fresh drafts every year? Oh, I really so dynasty. I haven't been playing too long. Well, I've been playing a few years now. Redraft will always be my baby, but I think that dynasty leagues, the interaction that you have with other people in the leagues, and like how you're at most of my dynasty leagues have stayed the same for the most part. My redraft leagues every year, it's like a handful of new people coming in and right, leaving right. and stuff. So I just kind of prefer the camaraderie and the, and the, you know, maybe my experience is different than other people's, but I really like dynasty leagues for that purpose. That, that makes a lot of sense. And by all means, don't, uh, don't open up the kimono too much for some of the stuff <laughs> over there at, uh, at dynasty trade calculator. But uh, I'm relatively new to the dynasty game and I'm still trying to kind of gauge the difference in valuation between redraft and dynasty. Yes. Um, can you maybe give me like a little crash course on why I get laughed out of the room with my dynasty offers that are typically getting through in redraft? Well, <laughs> I had did uh, the, I did the exact same thing when I first started Dynasty Leagues. No joke. Yep. My first yep. draft looked, oh my gosh. And people were offering me, you know, trades and I was taking them because I was like excited about that. You know, I'm thinking that they weren't trying to take advantage of me or anything, but you know, newbies. The only thing I can say is with redraft, you don't have to think about it as hard with the dynasty. You really have to think it, this is a lot. You got to look at it from the long-term picture and think yep. about every little piece, not just this year, because it, you take this year, this guy's going to be awesome this year, but think three years down the road. Is he going to be awesome? Like how, what's his age? I know age people are on the fence about whether or not age is important with It's important with dynasty. We all know that. And, 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 <laughs> and, um, you know, so so that's a thing that you have to kind of keep an eye on too. The guys in in redraft that you're putting in could be could be a 32 year old running back or whatever that's on his third team or whatever. You know, and and yeah, it's it's uh, it is hard because you're like, well, the value, well, the value is different because those players, the longevity of those players, you're not looking at it at a, in a tiny window. You're looking at it in a long term thing. So. Yeah, you have I guess to learn the, to like think about like the future. Blech. The thing that <laughs> is kind of throwing me is like just how much value and stock people put on future draft picks, right? Like, mm -hmm. um, you throw you know, you throw I, a, a first round or a second round at someone and they treat it like it's guaranteed to land them, you know, next year's Jonathan Taylor or. Um, you know, uh, uh, CD Lamb or whoever it might be, 
and I, I just I don't know if it's just like the promise of the unknown that kind of have people or the potential of the unknown that have people like really inflating the value of draft picks or maybe I'm the one that's just like thinking about this in entirely the wrong way I mean I I drafted Cortland Sutton in one of my leagues in a in a dynasty league uh when he was a rookie and I've sat on him and I've held him and now in this league he is showing immense value as a WR2 WR3 or flex and yeah I, I love the Dynasty League. I'm a big fan because it, it is the long play. It's the chess versus checkers of, of fantasy football. And uh yeah, I just that's that's my that's my jam. Well and to talk about what Eric was was talking about, the value of the draft picks and everything. I kind I'm kind of that same way too, but mainly because my draft picks never really hit. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I'm not, I'm okay with trading away my draft picks because I'm getting a player that I know is a dope player that's going to go out there and, and, and help me now, whatever, um, versus me drafting a guy. And then I'm like, ah, you know, cause for the most part, it, I mean, I'm not going to say for the, in the first round, your chances of hitting on a guy are pretty good, but you know, you can hit on a guy in the fourth round and I have plenty of times. And so I'm sure you guys have too. And you know, uh, the value it is values are, so tricky and your value versus what other people value like it's a person by person thing it's not like set in stone or anything like that so that's another thing is getting to know your league mates and trying to like yeah. navigate that as well and know their place yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah for for sure and um once again shout out to the dynasty trade calculator team um obviously i need to do a bit more work there but uh super super awesome tool super awesome content over there and with that very timely conversation now that most leagues are sort of right at or quickly approaching their their trade deadline. We'll uh, we'll shift gears to the week ahead of us, to week eleven. So we have Thursday night football coming up uh, here tomorrow night, and thanks to the expanded playoffs, two teams that are right in the thick of it: A decent uh, Thursday night game, Patriots and five and four and five Falcons. So the Super Bowl Fifty One rematch. The first question we have to ask Casey, did the Patriots just break the entire Falcons organization in that Super Bowl game a few years ago? Uh, I mean, if they didn't, I, uh, I, I don't know who to blame it on. No, I mean, as, <laughs> a Dallas, as a Dallas Cowboys fan who, you know, we just had a game against the Atlanta Falcons, we're okay with who we have running our defense uh thanks guys if you know you guys lost the super bowl and now we have i'm fine with that i'm fine with that um yeah i, I, I don't know i think matt ryan's age is you know he's still good but like i think i think that the, that in that team i don't know the team is just weird to me i don't know how to describe it it's just weird i it mean you feel like the falcons that i'm used to i don't know <laughs> you've got two elder statesman quarterbacks one in a completely different league and then Matt Ryan and <laughs> is, I mean, it, it'll be an interesting matchup. I, we haven't seen the Falcons play like the Falcons of last year, this year, but I, I think there's a potential for a somewhat entertaining Thursday yeah. game, which is exciting to me at least. And I, I think the Falcons are going to like show up because they just got their butts handed to them. Um, and just you like the Cowboys had to go in 
come back from what they put up. I think that's going to be another thing too. So I think this will be a good Thursday night game. Well, uh, let's, let's talk about uh, Ramondre last week. Uh, he, he went nuts. Um, and now, now we've got Damian Harris that's cleared the COVID protocol or concussion. I, I'm clear, clear me on that is we're COVID, right? No, it was a, it was a concussion protocol. It's concussion. Uh, okay. Okay. Had him out last Sorry. Week. Yeah. Uh, what do you, what are you thinking for the backfield on Thursday night? Do we ever know about that backfield? I feel like that's been a rinse and repeat kind of thing for the last whatever whatever years. works. <laughs> whatever works. The backfield, I'm not like for Harris, I'm a big Harris fan. Like I just think he's underrated as a football player. And so, you know, part of me like wants to lean like, yo. But then with Ramondre, he's a guy that, you know, I drafted at the beginning of the season. I'm like, bruh. And then yeah. now it's like, what? So <laughs> am I touching that backfield? I don't know because I, it's, 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 it, it's going to depend on, oh, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to depend on. Like what kind of situation I'm in. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen there though. Like, I think that, yeah, he's gonna, it's just going to be one of those things where Bill's going to be like, Hey, yo homie, you step up. No. <laughs> you I mean, the that's, football, that's you the, sit down. That's the Bill Belichick way of coaching. I mean, like yeah, whoever's sure. whoever's up next, get in there and show yeah. me something. But I really, yeah. I mean, I would probably just Damian Harris is one of those guys that I'm just gonna I take a shot on, and I, I, if I was in a situation where I needed to, I'd probably take a shot on him and be like, "That's gonna be the dude that steps up." But we'll see. Yeah, I. I personally wouldn't be surprised if they maybe kind of slow rolled his advancement through the protocol to have him fresh for this Thursday game. But also <laughs> knowing Bill Belichick, we're probably going to see like a JJ Taylor or a Brandon Bolden. Yeah. Week, Some right? guy you've like, never even heard of. Or every, putting up everyone in, in, the, in, the, in the Twitter sphere is asking for Madre or Harris. So yeah, Belichick is going to go door number three on it's, us. Like, yeah, that, that, yeah, I would put money on that. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so we we do have uh, another situation to monitor uh, in the backfield on the uh, opposing team, and that's Corleone Patterson. He has been kind of a fantasy MVP. Most people got him very late in drafts, or largely got him for free and off of the waiver wire. But now he's looking like a game time decision with that ankle injury. Ultimately, he did sneak in the kind of simulated practice thing yesterday, but looks like it's going to come down to the wire. So my first question, Casey, were you a Mike Davis truther this offseason? And who do you <laughs> think steps up if Patterson, in fact, misses tomorrow's game? Okay, so Mike Davis is not a – I am not a truther. I was not a truther for Mike Davis because the I thought – quad pictures didn't get you? Jag, which <laughs> just a guy – but that being said, I wanted nothing but the best for him when he was sent there. I was like, all right, I want him, I want him to succeed, especially because I do have him on some dynasty rosters as well, right? So um, but no, I wasn't a truth around him in the offseason. I was just like, eh, you know, hopefully he can do what he wants to do and and have a good career there. But and as for who's gonna step up. Uh, <laughs> 
Wow. Goldman, man. Let me tell you something about that. He steps up at the most opportune times. I'm just going to say, because you watched him when he was with like the Giants or whatever, like he'll come in for somebody that's injured and surprise you. So I yeah. you, you know, we're, we're getting late into the season. <laughs> where we are having conversation about Wayne Gallman's viability, yeah. right? Like we are right at the end of the fantasy football season. When uh, like yep. <laughs> it's yeah. It's like clock. Exactly. Every year, you know exactly what's going to happen. Who's coming out of the woodwork. Who's going to be the waiver wire pickup for the, you already know, like you already know, right. but you're not going to rush those guys the entire year until this, until the waiver wire, right. Until it's time the to push. pick them up. Yeah. Right at the end yep. when you really need it. Yeah. Um, and whether or not it's going to work out, we don't know. But I just, what's the deal with these ankle injuries too, man? I, I just, I don't know. <laughs> let's let's blame uh, the turf. Yes. It's, or or the strength and conditioning coaches. I like to do that too. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like who's this? Who's this guy? Oh, the ankle guy. Who's the guy yeah. who's in charge of the ankles? Let's go. <laughs> I mean, they they've got staff for days. So I mean, come on. Yeah, come on now. <laughs> I may or may not spend the rest of the night researching whether or not there are ankle guys on the strength and conditioning <laughs> the, teams in the, in the strength and conditioning Taping offices them up over there. of yeah, right. the strength and conditioning. Just tying everyone's shoelaces real tight. <laughs> That's awesome. So Casey, what Yo. what other what other matchups this week are you interested in? Like what what what's got your attention this week other than this exciting Thursday night game? So Tyler Conklin is the dude who he's surprising the last few weeks. And we all know Kyle, uh, Kyle Rudolph was like a, a touchdown monster. Like that's the red zone guy. Right. And I think Conklin's that same type of guy that's boomer bust, but he's going to, there's going to be those games where he gets the two touchdowns like he just yeah. did. And like, I think that on that team, him being the third guy that they can get the ball to like, by all means, tight end's such a a fickle position. If you can if you can pick a guy up off of waivers and stream him this week and and get points off of him, like at that position, boom! I'm I'm about that. I'm about that. Yeah. I mean, I I think he had 11 yards and two touchdowns in his game, which mm -hmm. for, <laughs> yeah for a tight end, please yeah give those <laughs> points to me and like. Everybody's talking about like, oh, I want, I just want yards and, you know, that's fine. But 11 yards, two touchdowns and guys are picking this, they're picking Conklin up for pennies, mm -hmm. literally pennies on the yeah. dollar in the waiver wire. And yeah, I, I see no downside to, to him. Yeah. You could do a lot worse. I mean, it's, it's <laughs> kind of like a dart throw when you're picking a guy up off the waiver wire at tight end. And yeah, I think he's the best, you know try when you're sitting up there trying to get that bullseye i think that he's the best start you have yeah for sure to to your point three receptions for 11 yards and two touchdowns yeah. is yeah. like the most kyle rudolph line of all time so it <laughs> seems like he's slotted right in yeah. there yeah, right. yeah. two uh, of three of his touchdowns or two of three of his touches are touchdowns yeah yeah i'll take that I guy mean, yeah sure why not i mean and i, I love since this touchdowns. is a uh since this is a safe place, I am only mildly ashamed to say that for a minute I went out and grabbed Henderson when they picked him up after uh, after the Irv Smith inju injury, seeing <laughs> if uh, maybe he can revive it. And, of course, it became the Tyler Conklin show. I've got him in a couple of spots across my various leagues. 
but with that, we do have some listener questions that came in on Twitter, and there are a ton of quarterback questions. I was kind of surprised just given how few teams are on by. Um, but fortunately no. for us, Eric of No Relation asked us to rank in order approximately 15 quarterbacks and it kind yeah. of touches on all Get of the players we received questions I, on. I really thought that eric was you so i was like okay no one's listening out here these are just mine and john questions so. he's, he's ashamed well, but yes it is <laughs> we've made up all of these pseudonyms there you go <laughs> so uh eric slash me wants to know <laughs> Your week 11 ranking of the following quarterbacks Tua Tungavailoa, Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, Justin Fields, Cam Newton, and Mac Jones. How are you sorting out that group of six? Flip it. Flip it, huh? Wow. <laughs> I'm like looking at it and I'm like, there's like three guys there that I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm a, I'm a Derek Carr truther. There's your truther. Wow. I know that he's good yeah. and I know, but he's so underrated and people are so, so, so frustrates me anyway he throws to the other team that's why you know what that's why i was a tony romo fan okay jeez (laughs) fair fair (laughs) better commentator i love it i love it yeah well (laughs) sorry sorry that was rough (laughs) um what order would i do that in i I would put mac jones one yeah oh yeah i would put mac jones one he had a game last I think time. Newton's going to step up. Um, I think it's going to be one of those. I think it's going to be a, a good game for him as well. I don't know if I would flip it, but those two I really like in that position. One and uh, two. Top tier. Top tier. And then I put Carr in there. Sorry. <laughs> Just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> Me personally, if I was doing this, um, I think. I mean, I feel like you have. You have to mention this would take, Justin Fields. Yeah, I don't want to is the problem. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean they, they... <laughs> eh, I, you know, if I was more prepared for this, uh, it wouldn't take me 45 minutes to try to figure this out. But uh, <laughs> for the most, I would say the top two are those guys and then those other four I could probably clump together in a nice little bundle. So it sounds like there is a clear kind of break between tiers, Mac Jones and Cam Newton being the top two choices, and then uh, a clump of Tua, Carr, Tannehill, and Fields. And for the record, Mm -hmm. the answer we were looking for was Ryan Tannehill in the study with the candlestick. Yeah. (sighs) Ryan Tannehill. Yeah. Yeah, we missed that one. (laughs) <laughs> bless bless his heart texas texas aggie ryan Tannehill. uh so inconclusive i would say is is a mac jones is number one there uh because he did have the number one performance yeah out I- of those quarterbacks last week i mean we we saw some flashes of greatness um but staying with the quarterbacks, 
Don wants to know, do we start Russell Westbrook? Or, uh, wow. Well, yes. Let's get <laughs> yeah. him in there. Always center. start Russell Westbrook. <laughs> Russell Wilson or Mac Jones or, or I'm sorry, start Russell Wilson this week or drop for Mac Jones or Tua. He has Matt Stafford on a bye, which leave him there. Can you drop? I'm just kidding. I was just saying, yeah, drop I mean, Stafford. Drop Matt Stafford. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, is anybody going to pick him up if you drop him? <laughs> I, I don't think I, that's I like a good Matt trade. Stafford. I, I mean, it, yeah. No, I, didn't, I, I don't either. But I mean, uh, he's, yeah. so I mean, Russell Wilson's questionable to yeah. start. I mean, he was questionable even he's, when he was playing. Yeah. Um, I feel like you're you're leaning toward Mac Jones on that one, but yeah, I, I would have to lean towards Mac Jones. I just don't know if I could drop. I mean, I'd have to see who I could actually because. Uh, are you dropping Russ? So you're dropping Russ? I'm yeah, assuming. I think, I think yeah. Russ and Mac Jones. Because I mean, I guess you don't want to have three quarterbacks or whatever, right? Yeah, I'm assuming Mac Jones and two are both available in his league. Which blows my mind also. Well, if I would not be. I don't think. Yeah. If that's the case, then I don't think that you should worry about dropping a quarterback because it sounds like they're decent guys on the waiver oh i guess you can't pick anybody else wait i don't know why i'm thinking he he wants to hang on to matt stafford Stafford. okay so he wants to hang on to matt stafford so he okay well you do you bro okay a legacy (laughs) a legacy lions fan maybe i mean okay you know what i would be that way too if if my dude i would be that i would be that way too but i don't know if i could if i'd feel comfortable dropping russ to pick up one of those guys even though russ dudded it up last week and we don't really know what's going on with him but i would want to start mac so do what you gotta do to start mac yeah eric i don't i don't know what your thoughts are but uh if if you've got the choice of of russ wilson or mac jones i i take matt i mean mac and and drop russell yeah, this this one's tricky because it, it probably comes down to the broader context of Don's team and kind of his circumstance in the league, right? Like, yeah, yeah. and his looking, strategy. Looking forward, I absolutely want Russell Wilson on my roster more than I want Mac Jones or Tua, right? Um, I also know for a fact that if I were to drop Russell Wilson someone would pick him up and just eat my lunch with him in the playoffs. Um, yeah. So I, yeah. I think it's more about, uh, you know, trying to hedge away from providing one of my opponents an asset. Um, I mean, you know, if, if I'm in this spot, I would probably look to either make do with Russ or look for another player to let go. Right. Mm-hmm. You have a second kicker or a second defense or a second tight end or some scrub that's never going to break your lineup, um, you know, that might be the spot where you can go out and acquire uh, Mac Jones, who's the consensus choice of the two on the wire, 
um, and not potentially help your opponent arm up for a playoff run. So that's kind of how I'm thinking about this setup for Don. So you're, yeah, you're looking at, at Russell Wilson, who's on a team that has something to play for versus the other two, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't, and you know what, if I was a huge Stafford lover, I think I'd still have to, I just, just have to put my emotions aside and say, I don't know. Yeah. I, there's more of a chance that somebody's going to pick Russell up off of waivers than there yeah. are people are going to, and I, I'd like to know who else is available on waivers too for quarterback. Cause like, just to see what kind yeah, of guys are still out too. there. You yeah. Know? If just you got to those see, too. You know that like, who else is he competing against to be picked up off? You know, so whatever. Yeah, I mean, certainly not likely to get scooped up this week while he's on by, right? So exactly. If you have yeah. a little bit of uh, a fab budget that you can play around with to get him back, uh, if you have a waiver priority, uh, might be worthwhile of uh, of, mm-hmm. of loving Matt Stafford and letting him go for for a week. <laughs> But I mean, yeah, and that's just so tricky, you know, because leagues and their settings and everything like this isn't a question that everybody, you know, it's this is like a tailored thing. So very personalized yeah. and yeah, which is yeah. cool. I mean, that's how leagues should be. Right. So, yeah, I think that's totally. that's super dope. So good for you. I'm in, a, I'm in a league where it's like that, too, where there's like so many dope guys on the on the waivers. I'm like still not doing good in that league, but I'm like, oh, this is fun. right. <laughs> Yeah, I've I've got more deep benches than short, but the short bench leagues that I have are like an entirely different sweat, right? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. Wait, I this player should not be on the waiver wire. Yeah. Or <laughs> I'm dropping this guy to pick. Yeah, yeah exactly. Who am yeah. I gonna cut? Because these guys are all great. <laughs> drop, right. Drop in for a three point differential. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think uh, I think our guy C Henry has a bit more of a broader application for. His question, he wants to know if uh, he should be firing up Elijah Mitchell or Daryl Williams in a half-point PPR. Okay, so I would I, – I mean, I know we're confused about what's happening with him and with Elijah Mitchell as, you know, everybody has to be on the – the quiet about, you know, injuries and everything. Sure. Well, he had surgery yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Like literally yesterday had surgery on his finger. So, so as a running back, I'm thinking, eh? yeah. but they say he's going to play. <laughs> and I think if he's going to play, he's going to show, he's going to try to go out there and show people that like, this isn't going to hold me back. You know, yeah. if, if, if he honestly thought it was going to hold him back, I would hope that they would be like, Yo, but then you know you gotta wait and see. So at this very moment, I would say if he was playing, <laughs> I, I mean, my my thing is is I don't think that Trey Sermon is going to do anything because he's had the opportunity, mm-hmm. right? Like mm-hmm. he's 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 shown that he's either a not ready or b just not a good fit for the San Francisco offense. So uh, to me, Daryl Williams. Yeah. It kind of seems like it's one of those situations where the decision might be made for you. Right. 
Yeah, um, Eli yeah. Mitchell. Those is are the best, though. <laughs> fresh off of a surgery, so the reporting out of San Francisco mm-hmm. says he's expected to play, but uh, we will certainly find out as we get closer to Sunday. And yeah. Daryl Williams may or may not lose the starting job this week. So um, ultimately, it feels like one where the reporting is going to, you know, really influence, if not just determine, the way that this one goes. But Casey, I, I am a little curious. To get your take, John mentioned Trey Sermon. If if Eli Mitchell is out, obviously it becomes the Jeff Wilson show. But at that point, Trey Sermon is the only other physically (laughs) able body in that running back room. So it might be the chance for him to get some work. And and just on the whole, like it feels super bizarre the way that they drafted two running backs this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one that they drafted four rounds later is the guy that's getting the work. I mean, how, mm-hmm. how do you make sense of what's going on with the running back room in San Francisco and, and Trey Sermon specifically? It's a Go great question. Green. How do you, how do you make sense of it all? Right. I, I, and honestly, I don't know um, how you do, but like Jeff Wilson obviously stepped up more and he's <laughs> getting the, you know, when you look at the carries and everything, who's getting the touches, right. When, Sermon's not getting touches because he's had that he's had that chance. Like you guys already brought that up. Like I don't know. I I don't know what's happening there, and it could be a situation. You know, like with my Cowboys, we've got two guys. We've got two really good running backs. Like and use them the right way, right? So I don't know what's happening. I don't. I really, honestly, don't know. And and, and you were right, Eric. It is weird that they drafted <laughs> like in the second guy. The, yeah, he's the guy that stepped up. So I don't know. I mean, it's it, we've we've talked about it in this show before. I mean, it's a Kyle Shanahan show where it's like, you know, who shows me? I mean, it's almost the Belichickian offense of like, who's going to go out there and perform for me? And I, you know, my my view is Trey Sermon hasn't done that. Yeah. Jeffrey Wilson, UNT alum, uh, he has done that. Eli Mitchell, he, he really hasn't even done that. And, you know, he's coming off a fresh surgery. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know that either of those two choices, Elijah Mitchell or Daryl Williams, yeah. are, like, more than anything, I, I feel like you're in a bind if that's what it comes down to. But... Uh, you know, I, I think Daryl Williams is probably the safer choice because you don't know what you get out of San Francisco. Completely agree. Um, it's it's going to be uh, uh, down to the wire on reporting, and I think we should have a pretty good picture of availability um, for, for both. And, you know, Daryl Williams seems to have carved out a role for himself even with CEH, uh, you know, looking to be nearing a return. So yeah, that'd be, that'd be where, where I would go uh, with that either or question myself as well. So moving quickly on to our friend Bosco uh, needs an upside and a half point PPR between Robbie Anderson, Ramondre Stevenson, or Brian Edwards. I like how quiet it is. I'm trying to figure out which one I have. Hey, well, we're just we're just giving you time to think it out. 
I'm trying to, you know, jeez, man. My 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 issue with Robbie Anderson is I have an issue with Robbie Anderson. <laughs> That's my issue with Robbie Anderson. Is I was I've been on Robbie his corner Anderson. for so long. There's only so long you can be in Robbie Anderson. It's, it's an no. abusive relationship. It is. I don't. You know. I see the note on here that says "Rip my squad." So I'm guessing yep. you're in not the greatest place in your life right now. So I don't know if you can make a wrong decision here. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I think I kind of like, okay. I don't know if that's my Derek Carr connection about the Brian Edwards thing, but no, I'm going to go with Stevenson because I like that upside right there. And we saw what happened. I'm just going to go with Stevenson and, and hope for the best, but like, I'm that type of person who, what have you done for me lately? And Hey, what have you done for me lately? So we'll, uh, we'll put your Stevenson love and faith to the test. With our last listener question, Edward is making the same Stevenson decision, but now between Ramadre and Mike Williams in PPR. Ooh. Ooh. Man, I'd probably still I'd probably go Mike Williams, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just feel yeah. like you have more of a chance with Mike Williams being in ball just because like we had that earlier thing that we were talking about like what's going on there so yeah i think uh yeah and he's gonna you know hopefully you know catch the ball enough like i know it's been like a, a wild ride with mike williams but i think this is gonna be the week that i would i would take mike williams over stevenson yeah i'm, I'm right there with you like um it seemed like we were fully heading into the Mike Williams breakout season yep. that we've all been waiting for forever. Yep. Um, and the the dude literally just fell off a cliff. And now we're seeing some more reporting out there about a knee injury that he was sort of working through mm -hmm. uh, dating back several weeks. So at this point, he should very much so be closer to the mend on uh, whatever was tweaking him in the knee. And um, I mean, he he's shown through the first five weeks or so, you know, upside to be a wide receiver one week in and week out. So I would go with you on, uh, on that call, uh, Williams over Stevenson. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I, I think the, the upswing potential for that is far more than you're going to get with, uh, with Ramondre. Like I love him. But Mike Williams offers a, a much better option there. Mm -hmm. So, Casey, that's the last of our, our guest questions. Uh, this is the time in the show that we kind of throw it back to you and kind of let you have the opportunity to, to tell us and tell our listeners where you can be found on the internets and what you're up to and, and let you give any shout outs that you want to give while we've got you. For sure. Well, thanks guys for having me on. Pros with Joe's is awesome. And I'm very, very, very happy to be a part of it. Um, you guys can find me. Well, first of all, I'm Casey Kasem and you can find me on Twitter at the Casey Kasem. I write for the fantasy footballers. I do Woo. social media stuffs with Dynasty Trade Calculator. I have my own podcast called Get Real with Casey Kasem. Eric sped on that podcast. It's pretty dope. Pretty dope. And um, yeah, uh, that's about it. And you can also find me playing in the pros with Joe's 
league and a shout out to my wife uh, she is going through some stuff right now her dad has pancreatic cancer and Oof. she has been away from me for a while and i get to see her in two days so i'm very excited about that so shout out to my wife who never listens to anything that i'm on so i'm sure she <laughs> <won't hear this. laughs> same, same with my partner so <laughs> she she might not hear any of this but she will have upwards we feel, of dozens we of people feel the sending love. good vibes her way Thank you. Appreciate that, guys. For real. So with that, we will close out. Like Casey said, uh, very much so you can find her on these Pros with Joe's streets. And you can find yeah. Pros with Joe's on the Twitter machine at Pros with Joe's. Or you can head directly to our website. It is proswithjoes.com. We are, as always, out here with our handout trying to raise money for all of the causes that our various pros like Casey are playing for. If you feel so inclined right there from our website, you can donate to our in-season fundraiser. Give a little, give a lot, whatever you can spare. You won't miss it and you'll feel pretty good about yourself. So pretty awesome trade-off. In terms of the podcast, you can check us out. We are proudly part of the drroto.com media network. So anywhere you get your podcast, do a quick search for Pros with Joe's podcast or the Dr. Roto media network while you're there. Click all the buttons, subscribes, stars, ratings, reviews, whatever you feel so inclined to leave. It really does go a long way in spreading the word and the message of the work that we are doing. And with that, we will see you all next week. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out DrRoto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.